0: Cryptos in its growth stage right now so like of course it's gonna be volatile of course it's gonna have its swings and stuff what i take for granted just like being crypto native like compared to someone like my dad or someone else the volatility like what's normal to me is extremely volatile to people like from the outside
1: crypto makes no sense Welcome back to Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Diana Chen, and I am here today with my co-host, Na Sim. And today we've got our very first DeFi Friday for you. We've got a very special guest, DeFi Dave, with us. He's going to be debunking all of your DeFi myths and misconceptions about the things that people think about DeFi and crypto that simply are not true. So DeFi Dave, he is a DeFi builder, DeFi writer, DeFi enthusiast, all around DeFi extraordinaire. I feel like I'm on America's next up <laughs> Welcome, welcome, Dave. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for
0: having me, Diana. Excited to be here.
1: Awesome, so for people who don't know you, which people have been at DeFi conferences or any crypto conferences of any sort, I'm sure they've run into you at some point. <laughs> Tell people a little bit about your background, where you come from, what you're working on now, and how did you initially fall down the Web3 rabbit hole?
0: Originally from New Jersey, now, I guess I consider my life nomadic. Started working in startups right after college. Then shortly after in 2017, startup I was working for Everpedia, decided to pivot into crypto and decided to go from Everpedia to blockchain encyclopedia. And since then I've been brought along for the ride. I've seen the evolution of crypto from dealing with kind of more centralized entities like exchanges. And it was a whole different world in 2017, 2018. And then in 2020, that's when I caught the DeFi bug and saw everything that was going on in, on Ethereum and all these different L1s. And I just hopped over and I've been a part of different DeFi projects, middleware infrastructure projects. And now like I also write for The Defiant about DeFi things, politics, whatever I find interesting. I've written about Inked Out, of course, and I have my own podcast and I'm just a curious person and I just like working on cool stuff. That's what I that's what I am. That's what I do.
2: That's awesome. So you are quite ingrained in the DeFi space. But backing up for a minute, I'm curious, before you really jump down the DeFi rabbit hole, what were your biggest misconceptions about DeFi?
0: Everybody feels this. It's just so intimidating and so scary at first because it's so new and so terrifying. Like even the language that's in that with the infrastructure, like the consumer infrastructure of just crypto stuff like a metamask wallet like when when normal people think of a wallet they think of this they don't think of like an extension (laughs) and and they don't realize like when you send something that's permanent there's no way of getting it back there's no customer service so i guess like it was like the the thing was when i first got into crypto was just like how nervous i was to like do anything or send anything but over time you just naturally get more comfortable i guess like some misconceptions was like i remember first hearing about bitcoin and crypto in 2010 20 11 and just like how sketchy it was and I guess back then it was because it was like really new but like over time like industry is mature and I think crypto has proven it's Lindy especially like with all the stuff happening in Web3.
1: Cool. So I want to go over this episode is we're just going to go over all of these like misconceptions that people have. And so what you just said is a good one to start with, actually, that crypto is sketchy. And I think some people still think crypto is just for drug dealers and people who want to engage with the black market and criminal activities and all around bad things. So debunk that myth for us. Tell us why crypto and DeFi is not just for criminals and and druggies.
0: I before this podcast, I just looked at the tweet from the founder of Electric Capital of all all the action and all the activity from devs and on GitHub, and it's just it's just like exploded hundreds of percent. And it's not just on Ethereum; it's on all these different ecosystems, building all these different projects. I think it would just be ignorant and just flat out wrong to just say that it's for like criminals and druggies. I feel like that's just something politicians say to push an agenda or push or to get like a certain position in that because it's an easy narrative for people that don't know any better to swallow it's just oh this is from this is for criminals like blah 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 we have to be tough on it it's like the 80s line they had we have to be tough on crime like it's like whatever is like easily digestible for the for like the masses that don't know anybody that's what's going to be pushed to push a certain agenda and unfortunately and that's unfortunately the case but like what we can do is just fight back with our own kind of simple sign um, soundbite. So I think Web3 itself is a good meme to push to the masses. And NFTs are like a good Trojan horse, DAOs are a good Trojan horse. Granted, there's still, there's still some uncertainty as we see with all these bored apes getting stolen and whatnot, which is a funny meme, but it shows at the same time, you know, what it will be like when the masses truly come to Web3 and like what infrastructure we have to build. So they feel comfortable and they feel like they're safe. And I guess that's another reason why they think it's for criminals and stuff because they hear, oh, my wallet got hacked. It's stuff's getting stolen. Like the language really hasn't caught up with the accuracy of what's actually happening. It's, you didn't get hacked. You just gave your C phrase away. And this information war and the war of perception, like that's not how it goes. And the space just moves so fast that like it's moving fast as it is. And then trying to get people to come along. It's just like a whole, <laughs> it's a challenge in itself. And like, people like yourself are doing a good, good job of, you know, pulling people to the lifeboat.
2: Yeah, related to this whole sketchy side of crypto, you can say something that I hear a lot is that people are worried about the security of their crypto assets, specifically because they think there's no insurance or protection of them because it it exists within a decentralized system of power. I was wondering what you have to say about that and if you could clear up any confusion there.
0: Yeah, I consider DeFi as we know it right now as entirely in beta the blockchains themselves are secure like your money is not going anywhere obviously when you get like more technical and more complexity in a system like there's like the chance for vulnerabilities and stuff and always do your due diligence always be careful but for the majority of average users that are just dealing with coinbase or dealing with just regular centralized exchanges they don't have to worry about that i think like being like i said like everything's like still in this experimental mode and we're still in this i think crypto and web3 is in this like teenage phase where it's like still like hitting these growing pains and stuff but even if you are like off-centralized exchanges i think it's like quite easy to like do do simple things to keep yourself secure like never click any links like never like answer on like anyone else's like random messages there's like very simple things that should be common sense that people can do to not get hacked and just if something like looks like a duck and smells like a duck and quacks like a duck, something like looks sketch and like is sketch and it looks like something like it's not gonna end well, then it's not gonna end well. So I think things aren't like, I think people need to take some personal responsibility, especially if they're experimenting with this new stuff. But at the same time, I think it's a lot easier for people to take responsibility than they think.
1: One common misconception that I hear all the time is that crypto is a purely speculative asset and there is no actual utility. How would you respond to that?
0: Oh, my God. It, the thing is, like, when people like hear crypto in the news, this comes down to a thing of perception. They hear, like, Bloomberg's, like writing about meme coins. And I don't see a difference between Dogecoin and GameStop. They're both like memes in the same way. But with what I see in DeFi is an incredible amount of innovation happening all the time, like in and how financial infrastructure is being built and interacted with. Like one of my favorite points is to point out is in traditional banking, you have these like very small like yield and percentage rates. And that's because all that like value is being like send up to like compliance and executives and all these like middle people in the middle and these companies with like tens of thousands of employees like when you're yield farming or when you're like getting this interest on these different lending platforms or doing these different activities in DeFi, it's literally just you and the protocol there's no one else in the middle and all that value that like traditionally was like sucked up by these middlemen that yield is going to you and like the rest of the people like participating in what whatever is going on and so I think, like I said, all this financial innovation going on and I like to compare it to different DeFi devs. I like to compare them to, D- to DJs, how DJs just like sample different like sounds and sample different genres and mixes them together to create like a whole new sound. I do DeFi devs doing the same thing. They might take one thing like protocol own liquidity and like, combine it with another thing. And like, I don't know, I can't think of anything right now, but put it together and to create something a lot cooler. <laughs> I think Vader's doing something like that. I have to look into them, but... There's a lot of innovation going on in DeFi, especially DAOs. I think like those are like sh- straight up communities. Like we're we're both in inked, we're in inked out, and it's just like a group of people vibing. And DAOs are not speculate aren't about speculation. I talked to Spencer Graham a few weeks ago. And DAOs are all about contributions. That's I can't think of anything more opposite. Like DAOs are like literally the embodiment of you get out what you put in. Whether it's a service DAO or whether it's like there's so many different DAOs out there like you get out what you put in. So
2: backing up for a second to the point that you brought up about the traditional banking system and your return on investment in that kind of a situation versus through crypto. Something that I hear a lot is that crypto is too volatile and too risky. And friends of mine, relatives of mine say, I'm just better off keeping my money in my bank savings account. What do you say to those people?
0: if you look at the past 12 years of bitcoin if you just zoom out it's just been going up granted like it's had its ebbs and throws going up and down but it's proven it's lindy same thing with ethereum it's proven it's lindy and as more and more different blockchains and different like cryptos and different whatever all this stuff comes out like blockchain has proven itself as a technology for sure i'm not sure it's like the top dogs gonna be but it's like here to stay if you notice with Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum a little bit now, it's become less volatile over time, especially compared to like other newer cryptocurrencies. And like I said earlier, like crypto's in its growth stage right now. So like, of course, it's going to be volatile. Of course, it's going to have its swings and stuff. But I think what I take for granted, just like being crypto native, like compared to someone like my dad or someone else is like the volatility, like what's normal to me is extremely volatile to people like from the outside, like 10, 20 percent swings. Like that is, that's some major swings for like people that have been in finance or been like in the traditional system for 10, 20, 30 years. So when they get to crypto, it seems volatile. So it comes down to a matter of, matter of perception of what you're used to.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another big one I hear is that a lot of people think that crypto and DeFi, that's just for finance bros and rich people. And to to that point too, like a lot of people still think if you wanna buy Bitcoin, you have to buy at least one Bitcoin, which is, I don't know, like 60,000 or whatever it's at now, but Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what do you have to say to that? Like people who just think it's only for finance bros and rich people, I'm not one of those. So there's nothing in it for me. I
0: think if you just go to any of these Ethereum conferences specifically and you see the crowd there it's far from anything from finance bros especially at like certain ones I went to MCon and ETH Lisbon and a lot of one like I've sort of very like if there were any finance bros they were like the minority they were like the real minority and I think like different communities have their different cultures and different people that make up it maybe like Bitcoin I don't know like Bitcoin has its own culture Ethereum has its culture Solana has its culture but from what I've seen like Such a diverse range of people, diverse in age, background, gender, I met all kinds of people and I think there's like more and more diversity coming to the space. And I'm really happy about that because I think diversity of backgrounds brings diversity of experiences, which bring a lot richer products and a lot richer culture to this entire space.
2: Staying on that line of diversity, I think that you started off talking about the kind of government's narrative surrounding crypto assets, and I feel as if a divide that some people are pointing to is that crypto is only for conservatives or crypto is only for liberals. I'm curious whether or not you actually recognize this divide within this the industry or your thoughts surrounding this.
0: Yeah, I think crypto is like... A natural natural consequence of crypto, just because of the way it is, it's structured by those who are marginalized from the system and those who like can't get access to traditional banking. And so some of the first adopters of crypto were sex workers. And uh, and on the flip side of the coin, some of the other adopters of crypto is when like, I remember reading in 2017, when like all that like white supremacist stuff was happening, they were kicked out of Airbnb and PayPal. Like they also like were using crypto and stuff like crypto has like, no bias, it's just like anybody that, I feel like people, whether they're, whatever their political affiliation is, or if they can't get access to like traditional banking services, they'll turn to the alternative and that alternative has proven over the past 10 years to be cryptocurrency. I uh, probably, actually the first thing I like the, the first time I've ever heard about crypto was in 2010, I remember reading a news report about WikiLeaks accepting Bitcoin because PayPal kicked them off their platform. And that was the first, so like like, Crypto's has always been political. And so it's, you can't like, you can't rip that because it's literally just, so, it's its its own sovereign entity. There's no like central, like literally it's in the name, like no centralized, like central bank controls it. And so you're just like a group of nodes that have no bias. They don't know, they just see an address. They don't see a person. They don't see a thought. They just see, oh, numbers going this way, confirm, check, they're sent over there. Like it, they deal with numbers, not with people, so.
1: And then staying on this, this line of thinking with people's political views or whatever, there are, I, I have heard a number of people say that crypto is a threat to democracy. So how would you respond to that?
0: I think that couldn't be more true. I think crypto, especially DAOs, I don't think there's like a better device in the 21st century to empower democracy than crypto and especially DAOs. One thing I've noticed, one, I remember one thing I studied in college. I actually, one of the few things I remember was there's this guy named Alexander de Tocqueville. He was this French dude. He was an aristocrat and he was a civil servant. He came to America to study the prison system. But during his travels, he was like, Oh my God, like this place is so much different. This place is so cool. This is so new. Like they're doing like all this different stuff that like didn't exist in Europe. And so he started like writing down his observations and he created the very famous book, Democracy in America. And one of the things that he wrote was like something about associations. And he noticed that these like civic associations that would form around people living in an area or people like around like a certain interest, like these associations were strengthened democracy actually because groups of people would band together to advocate for a certain interest or to protect a certain interest. And this was done at a very grassroots local level this is a lot more powerful than like a bunch of people being separate and then you have people ruling over them and like, they just, and that's top down, like groups of people coming together, empower voices it amplifies voices together. And I don't see any like clear comparison to these associations that Tophil was talking about than DAOs and DAOs are these like native web three associations that are around a certain interest that are around a certain cause. This mission could be like a single mission, like constitution DAO, Or it could be like a longer term mission and DAOs and crypto actually get me really excited about democracy. It gives me a lot of hope about democracy. And especially I feel like, especially where like things are going today, I feel like DAOs like and crypto give us like a hope for like people like. Band together, organize easily, and take action more effectively and efficiently.
2: That's a super interesting take. I think that DAOs really stand out to me as ushering in a new form of coordination built on top of and powered by the internet. And I think that there's direct translations to how that um, functions within a democratic system of government. Sorry. Okay, moving on. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask this one, because I feel like this is one of the biggest misconceptions or myths that people have about crypto is that it's bad for the environment, that mining requires too much energy. First of all, what's your take on this? I know that there are always improvements to be made, but would love to hear from the expert.
0: This this was the, the one that I think like got accepted in the mainstream consciousness too far, that crypto is bad for the environment, NFTs are bad for the environment. And I feel like this is such a misconception because all economic activity has an effect on the environment. Like literally, people like complaining about NFTs. If you're like buying if you're like if you're buy, like even if it's like not an NFT, it's like a regular piece of art. Like those like those, that paint comes from somewhere. That paper comes from somewhere. Like even like when like people are like, oh, Bitcoin, it, it's bad for the environment. You're like the equivalent like gold. You're literally like. Destroying environments and whole ecosystems, digging it out of the ground. I think it's just like such a false equivalency to just say crypto is bad for the environment. I'm not saying it can't be improved upon. I think for sure, like even Hal Finney, who received the first Bitcoin transaction from Satoshi, said like one, If you go back to his Twitter, he's his, one of his earliest concerns was he had two. One was privacy, and the other was like the environment. It was like how can we like make Bitcoin more carbon, you know, neutral and carbon efficient. So it's it's not something that's like completely out of the question, but I think like improvements can be made and they are being made, especially with the move to proof of stake, which uses like less than 1% of the energy that's used for proof of work things. And I think there's another argument that's Bitcoin usage will make energy use more efficient. So like it, in, let's, for example, you have these like oil pipelines or that have excess oil and they have to burn it. So it, because they can't like ship, put it on the ships or in the barrels. So instead of just burning it, they could use that energy to mine Bitcoin or mine other cryptocurrencies. Like the energy was going to be burned anyway, but at least it's like being burned to do something. So there's like definitely ways to optimize this, like. To optimize this energy and make it more efficient, and like crypto definitely helps, can help with that.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, and then you see countries, was it El Salvador or something else that uh, they were uh, using their the like volcanoes? volcanoes. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was El Salvador, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: that's such a great meme, like Bitcoin mined from the earth.
1: Okay, cool. Another misconception or myth I hear all the time is. That crypto is too culty. And maybe this one isn't as big of a myth. (laughs) It's true, true, but yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't
0: call crypto culty, I'll call it a culture. I think Web3 is, it's just so, it's very new, it's very exciting. And I think, especially like for anything early, really excited about it and get off these cult vibes. And a lot of new people, like when they, I'm just talking about after they like, I was about to say, take the crypto pill. I was like, that sounds so (laughs) culty. But after they have their like aha moment about, oh, okay. now I can see like why this matters and like the potential of crypto and Web3. Sometimes they like can't, they don't know how to like articulate that properly to people outside of it. And they just sound crazy. And they're just like blah, 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 blah. And people are just like kind of turned off. And also like people outside of crypto and Web3, they just see Bitcoin prices, price that. It's like a thing, like it's a combination of people seeing like in the news and talk about price politicians talk about how scary it is and then people that are in like that might be new to crypto or like people like in crypto that might be not be able to communicate well try to communicate it with they must be like oh i can't understand what they're saying i hear the stuff in the news like the politicians uh, that must be a cult but it's just it's a matter of communication and i think that bridge can be made to for crypto and web theory to be easier to understand i think we have made great roads. Doing that and building a healthy culture um, within Web three and crypto, and I, for one, love being a part of it. I have so much fun, and I can't imagine being a part of anything else. And another thing I realize about crypto culture is just so fast. It's so it moves so quickly. If you're gone for a day, it's like you might as well be gone for a
2: yeah. That's super interesting, and I also think that, in my eyes at least, something that also keeps people from getting more involved in this ecosystem is exactly what we're saying about their perception of the risk of it. So that's why I also think it's important to have these types of conversations to maybe ease some initial concerns. So another misconception that we want to talk about is that this idea that DeFi will never replace our centuries-old financial system and that cash is king and always will be. I know we've talked a lot about the different... Factors that go into this, but if you had to sum it up, like, what's your thesis here?
0: Banking and writing and database technology have been and ways to organize just goods and services. Of has been something like humanity has been doing since the beginning of time. Like you look at the ancient uh, Mediterranean, like the first writing system wasn't writing in words as we know it. The first writing system was basically numbers, keeping track of all the imports and exports of trade throughout the Bronze Age, like Egypt and different parts of the Mediterranean stuff. And like that, uh, where am I going? There's a way I'm gonna tie this together. And this basically like this way of trying to organize and keep track of things has some, like the database has like always been with us. And for as long as like civilization has started, you saw it, you see it evolve, you get lost, like the bronze age collapse, you see it come back. And I think like the biggest advancements in database technology happened, the coming of the printing press, 'Cause then at this point it was just like, okay, like we can now like print and send information across the empire. We don't have to like, write down and keep track of it like in manuscripts and stuff. And this made like banking and like keeping tracks of stuff a lot easier. And this allowed people like the Medici family to basically create like new financial technologies, like create like ways to create credit that haven't existed before. And I could be a merchant in Venice and then go to Paris and take it and, and my I'll know like my funds will still be in this Medici bank. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like finance, like all this banking stuff has always been evolving and always has been changing and it's always been getting more efficient. And just blockchain is a continuation of this tradition of like banking evolving that always always has been. It's just what's the most efficient way to keep track of shit? That's what it comes down to. What's the most efficient way to and what's the easiest way to like for me to be like, okay, like I know that my money is in my wallet and I can go anywhere else in the world and take it out. And, and this is a really long winded answer. I want to, this is something I would like to write about and make more clear. Yeah, database technology has always been evolving. And yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think I, I'll, I'll, I'll make a better answer to this one day.
1: I have one more for you. And I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but I've heard a lot of people say that crypto is not a store of value. And so I think what might be helpful for people is to clarify what is the difference between a, a crypto versus a stable coin? versus like a CB, like a central bank digital currency, a CBDC, that might be like the best yeah. way to approach this yeah. and then talk about like how crypto can be a of value.
0: Crypto is actually quite diverse and it's like ecosystem, what it offers and like different tokens. You have infrastructure tokens, you have governance tokens, you have stable coins, you have all these different types of tokens that do different types of things. You have social tokens, you have DAO. So, have, so it's like, a lot, and, and I think it comes down to, you can split them into categories. Do, do tokens go up and down in value a lot or do they just stay the same? If they go up and down in value a lot, like then you can put them in like your own, ca- they're like one giant category of these social tokens, infrastructure tokens, governance tokens, like you can push them there. And then you have stable coins, which are, there's all different t- types of stable coins. Like the most common being like centralized ones, like Tether and USDC. And then you have over collateralized stable coins such as die and complicated and stuff. But like in terms of store of value, like people like call Bitcoin like digital gold and a store of value because it's, I think people expect stores of value to go up. And I think that's why I think Bitcoin and Ethereum make good stores of value. But then if you're like talking about something want to use as money as a medium of exchange or a unit of account, then you go to stable coins and a big meme in crypto is just how we have to get off the dollar. Like, the dollar is just a transitory phase. And I agree with that. And you've seen this evolution from Tether to DAI, and then you see like these Algo stablecoin implementations. But like my favorite thing coming out is actually uh, Frax are coming out with the Frax price index. And they're basically creating a stable coin that's pegged to the consumer price index, which is an index that measures the rate of inflation against the dollar. Recently, that uh, rate has been, I think like absurd. It's been like 6%. Usually it's only supposed to be like 2%. So what FPI will do is basically follow, will be like a stable asset that follows the rate of inflation. And I think that's really cool and really innovative. And I think this there's this tradition. There's just going to be like a more evolution as we go off more like centralized stable coins and centralized services into a more digitally native stable assets and preserved currencies.
1: Thanks, Dave, for going through this sort of rapid fire, um, just list of myths and misconceptions that... Anae and I have heard about DeFi and crypto. And I really like how you were able to tie in like DAOs and other aspects of Web3 into your answers as well. And I think that just goes to show how interconnected all of these different concepts are. They're all connected. Yeah, so this is great. Hopefully people learn a lot from this. You don't know this, but we are doing something new with this new season of the podcast. We're playing a quick game with all of our guests at the end of every podcast before we let you go. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah. So this game is called This or That. We're going to give you 10 pairs of words. So we're going to say A or B and you tell us, you pick one, you tell us which one you prefer. This is just going to be real quick, rapid fire. We're going to blow through it. No explanation required. So we have 10 pairs of words and Anae and I are just going to take (laughs) turns throwing them out at you and you just tell us real quick what your, what your choice is. This, this, this or that, that, that. I've got the first one for you. It's crypto or Web3? Three.
0: Web3. Three.
2: Ether, Bitcoin? ETH. Okay, Discord or Telegram? Telegram, oh, without a doubt. Music NFT or art NFT? Art NFT. Bear market or?
0: Bull market. Gotta stay positive. New
2: York or Miami? Miami. Punks or apes? Punks. F1 or NASCAR? F1. Tattoos or piercings? Tattoos.
0: <laughs> this is fun.
1: Books or podcasts? Podcasts. Nice. Congrats, that's it, that was oh, 10.
0: Cool, cool. You've
1: successfully completed the game. All right.
0: <laughs> you win. <laughs> I win. Do I, get, do I get a cookie? Do I get a cookie NFT?
1: <laughs> Ooh, oh, that's a good idea. We should make like a a POAP or something to give the guests for completing the this or that game. Yeah, a yeah. cookie NFT.
0: Uh, Cookie. Product. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I like that. Cool. We'll do that. Dave, thank you so much again for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge with us. Before you go, just tell people where they can find you if they want to follow you and whatever else you're working on that you want to plug.
0: Yeah. So you can find me uh, on Twitter at Dave said that underscore. So that's Dave said that underscore defi Dave. My profile picture is currently a crypto coven, but subject to change because people might listen to this podcast in the future. That's like the main place to find me. And then I, I would say, check out like the projects I've like worked with and I'm working on Frax, Gelato, Everpedia, and I, yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> and you've got some writings on the Defiant as well. I'm on the Defiant, check yeah. I'll check
0: out the DeFi Scoop. I'm not very good at plugging myself. I'm not, I'm just like, I let my work speak for myself and hope people find it. But DeFi Scoop, I like find that. me on the Defiant. I have fun doing that stuff. So yeah, I have to have you on yeah, my you gotta- podcast. We should
1: do, yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. That'd yeah. be fun.
0: Okay, yeah. We'll, cool.
1: we'll talk after this. Sweet. All right. Thanks again, Dave. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah. What's up? Oh, no, no,
0: I said thank you. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we will be back again soon with another episode of Down the Rabbit Hole. See ya. Crypto makes no sense.